Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have Lauren. She is a certified career and performance coach who helps professionals, creators, and entrepreneurs increase earnings and avoid burnout. Lauren, how are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come on Gentle Touch. Lauren, how has been your journey? How's been my journey? My journey has been up and down, but overall pretty exciting, pretty yeah. exciting, fulfilling, gratifying, but yeah, that's, but definitely with its ups and downs for sure. A hundred percent. And you, so was you raised in Toronto? I was born and raised in Toronto. Yes. Okay, Until nice. the tender age of 37, okay. I've lived my entire life in Toronto. Nice. And then from, from the age of 37, you relocated to LA? Yes, I did. Yes. How was um, that? Um, Myself and my family, um, I have a husband and we have uh, two kids, two preteen kids. Well, actually one teenager now. Um, And uh, yeah, it was a a big decision, Um, a tough year. There was um, definitely moments of... um, what my what my dad called a buyer's remorse. Okay. <laughs> Definitely some moments of why did we do this? But um, overall, you know, now that we're kind of over a lot of the transition stuff um, and we're coming around our 18 month mark, um, wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So as a role, as a wife, as a mother, and obviously as a, as a business owner, how did you deal? Because we have so many tasks. We have tasks of the children. We have school, um, reassuring them to, to make friends, reassuring them that it's going to be okay. Um, and then as a wife as well, the reassurance there, and obviously as a business owner and the transition. Yeah, it was, when you say it like that, it sounds like a lot of life in a little time. Um, I will say that, you know, um, because I had left, uh, my, my husband and I, we had a dual income and both equal contributors. And because I had left my, you know, six figure stable corporate gig, uh, there was definitely the weight of like, you have to hustle, you have to earn money, but at the same time, really wanting to be focused on the mental health of my children. Yeah as they were transitioning. Um, I'm very fortunate that because my husband was, you know, he was able to maintain his role. So he just had a bit more like stability and certainty than I did at the time. So, you know, he really, he really, really stepped up in that moment to um, really kind of be more present where I was taking myself away in some cases to really start to focus on building a business, finding a way to generate more income in a new country and acclimate and all these things. Um, But uh, definitely wanted to make sure that my kids' mental health in this transition, it's not easy to move preteens across the country away from 
their friends and family. Uh, so yeah, that was a bit of a, you know, why the first year was a bit rough, but once they were good, yeah. it was like, okay, now I can, now I can focus elsewhere. <laughs> what tip, what tips, like now that you've done it, what tips would you give any mother that wants to do the leap, like wants to do the transition? With kids? Yeah. If it's at all possible, don't work the first month. Okay. I think that is my, yeah, yeah. my biggest regret um, was showing up and starting to work day one. And that was a time that I really wanted to be, I had really wanted to be focused on just their transition, um, making sure they were set up for school and all of the emotional ups and downs. Um, but I, I, I let my fear of not generating income take that over. And it really caused me to stretch myself very thin. And I just couldn't be there for them as much as I wanted to. So I think that if I could go back in time, that's the one thing that I would have changed. I would have found a way to just focus on them for the first month of the transition, at least. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because it's not easy. We have schools, we have the route to school. How are we getting? Are they going to come alone? Are we going to pick them up? This is this is the way this, these are the dresses. Don't get lost. This is how we're going to do it. Exactly. So it's just, it's a lot of guidance as well. When leaving your corporate career, how was the transition? You know, there are times that I miss it. Um, you know, um, there are Thank times. Thank you for being I'm, so honest. Yeah, no, please. Of course I have to be. I, I have to be because I think we romanticize. I think we really romanticize like being our own boss and doing yeah. our own thing. Um, and it's not, it's not for everybody, you know, and um, because it's a, it's a different ball game when you, you know, the, the one thing that I miss about working for someone else or being in corporate is being able to blame other people when things aren't going yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So being able to be like, oh, management doesn't know what they're doing yeah. or we're they not took making too our long. numbers. <laughs> they take too long or we're not making our numbers because sales doesn't know how to sell. Yeah. But when you are doing your own thing and you're transitioning out of that, you're just like, oh man, all those people are me. <laughs> like there's only one person to look to, at least in the beginning, there's really only one person to look to. Um, so being, um, I think that the big part about transitioning from a corporate to being a solo entrepreneur is you really are having to have the resilience to shine a light on all of your insecurities, all of your inner beliefs, all of your self-doubt, like the loneliness, all of that really comes up and it requires a lot of resilience and a lot of strategic thinking because no one's telling you what the next right step is. You have to go figure all that out for yourself. Um, so I will say that there, and I also, I also used to miss like gossiping with other people about, <laughs> yeah. like, about like how crappy things are like you, you know what like when you have when you're at, in a corporation if you feel like it sucks there's usually like 17 other people who also feel like it sucks so you know miss kind of having that camaraderie with other people when you feel like is it just me and then you have other people being like no it's not just you we feel that way too so but I will say that I wouldn't take it back because I wouldn't take it back um, because I'm very much rooted in why I'm doing this. Yeah. And I'm so proud of what I've built. I'm so proud of the impact that I'm having 
on not just myself, but my family and my clients. I really feel like I'm bringing something value. I'm creating value in the world. Um, And that that's the part that keeps me going. A hundred percent. How did you deal with the loneliness? Because when we work for an organization, a corporation, sometimes Fridays, it's like we leave the office and there's this plan. Or when you go to the staff room, everyone's queuing up, either heating up their food or getting the coffee. Um, the socializing, the making friends and keeping in contact. How did you deal with the loneliness? Because when we're solo, we're just on ourselves, by ourselves. On ourselves, yeah. Uh, a couple ways, um, because not only are you dealing with the loneliness of being a solo entrepreneur yeah. now, but you're also dealing with the loneliness of being in a new country where I used to live in a community where all of the people I hung out with were across the street from me, you know? What? (laughs) Yeah, like every, like it was literally such a tight-knit community um, where we, like every Friday, we used to go on like family vacations together. There'd be like 10 families being like, let's book a trip to Jamaica. Let's, you know, monthly, we used to have monthly book clubs and it was such a tight-knit community. Um, And so really that was isolating too because you know, maybe where I wasn't hanging out with work people, like I had them, you know. Um, But I know that uh, definitely the pandemic did help to prepare for that loneliness, right? Because at that time, we, we weren't even in the, the mode anymore of after work drinks or that type of socialization. Um, Everything was being done over the phone or zoom anyways. So I think that that definitely helped um, help me to prepare. But I I really started to get intentional about making new friends. Um, I literally would like, you know, someone would um, be like, oh, there's this person in L.A. that, you know, you probably might get along with. And I would literally just be like, oh, OK, reach and DM yeah. that person right away. Take the time. Hey, do you want to be friends with me? Like, <laughs> yeah, literally yeah, yeah. like that. So um, it took me a while to build up my network. Um, but uh, until that time, just heavily relying, I think, on my husband and um, my sister is out here, too. Um, so having that as a cushion was definitely helpful to overcome that loneliness, the initial and sometimes ongoing loneliness. <laughs> did she um, come over at the same time you did or later on? Nope. She came over about six years ago. Um, so oh, part wow. of the uh, impetus for moving to LA was because, um, you know, she was, she was over here. Um, she had married and she had just had a baby Okay. and, um, we've all like my whole family's in Toronto. So it was this more like, man, the support system and there's the support system. Yeah. And I'm only going to have one. I'm, I only have one sister and I'm like, I'm, my kids aren't going to know your kids and like you're, kid is going to not know me. And that just kind of felt a little bit heartbreaking. Um, So this desire to be closer to her, um, especially while she was building a family, was kind of a bit of a push to look at this option. Oh, wow. That brings so much reassurance and love, especially when, when it's such a familiar phase. And especially now in that transition of her becoming a mother as well. Yeah. Um, 
and that support system is so so real like it is so so needed how important is commitment to the journey so you make a decision but sometimes we have fear limiting beliefs holding us back we have the children telling us but mom my friends mom i have this trip mom i'm in this club mom i have you know so pressure from everywhere how how can we stay committed the best thing that I can, um, first of all, to answer your first question, how important is the commitment? Um, it's the it's the most important yeah. thing. It is it is your attachment to the vision, because you have to go into this, and this is why I don't romanticize what I do. Yeah. Because when you romanticize working for yourself, when you romanticize starting your own business, quitting your job, um, it is so easy to be shocked when it's not what you thought it would be, yeah. you know, and you know, want to back out and just believe that it's not for you. Um, and it's the resilient, like the resilience and the commitment really comes from having a clear understanding of what your vision is and understanding what your why is behind that vision. Uh, so when I worked in corporate, one of the things that I did was um, I was I was in charge of the overall strategy for the okay. organization that I was working for. I was a director, like chief of staff, business operations type. Very person. big responsibilities. Yeah, it's it's huge. And um, so the person who's in charge of you know um, working with all of the stakeholders to develop the objectives, to develop the strategy for the year. And the one thing that we always started with was the why. Okay. Starting with the why, like, you know, we want to grow our revenue to X amount of dollars. Okay. Why does that matter? What is behind that? Because if you're not connected to that purpose, if you're not connected to the why, then it is too easy to say, what's the point? It is too easy to succumb, I should say. It's always easy to say it, yeah. but it's very easy to succumb to a what's the point mentality and back away. When you identify your mission, your goal as something that's bigger than you, you at least have something more to fight for, right? Um, but a lot of us just focus on the what, you know, like I want to build a business so that I can make more money. Why does that matter? If you don't know why that matters, and if you don't, if you don't feel attached to the value that you're bringing to the world through whatever it is that you're doing, then you're, yeah, you're succumbing to that. What's the point mentality? Because it comes up so often, so often what's the point comes up and you need that vision. You need that connection in order to fight through. Wow, that is so powerful because sometimes, like you say, sometimes we get carried away and we think, okay, if I work for myself, I can, I have the freedom, I have the flexibility, I can travel the world, but it's knowing that, will you be able to handle it? Will you be able to do it? When the fun is over and you need to get down and, and, and begin to strategize and begin to network, what, what what will be that foundation to hold you down and say, what will be your anchor? It is so powerful. How has um, yeah. the transition from in Toronto, you was working corporate, you came over to LA. How has that helped your career in building your business? It's built, it's helped me to build my business in a lot of, in a, in a lot of ways. You know, I think that being a coach was something that was on my radar for, let's just say three years prior to when I became that three years prior, it was just on my radar. Um, it was, um, you know, I was kind of talking to my husband about getting a coach because there was just always this sense of like, this isn't it for you. Like you've got everything, but there's, but you're not doing 
what you love. You're good at what you're doing, but it's like, there's no connection to why you're doing it and you don't love it. You know, I'm a, I have a degree in radio and television arts and I'm a IT operations professional. I'm like, that's not my brand. I didn't even like going on LinkedIn because I just didn't like to promote myself as this person that I didn't believe that I was really supposed to be. So when I, sorry, I lost your question for a second. My question was, I forgot about it now. (laughs) I know you was going in a trance. I'm like, yes, yes, we're going. Um, We were talking more about um, how has it helped your career and Helped my career. Right. Okay. So as I was mentioning, um, three years, it was on my radar. But the one thing that really stopped me from leaning into it was feeling like an imposter because I felt like I was going to help people overcome their fears and limiting beliefs when I knew that there was one major fear and limiting belief that I wasn't overcoming. And that is that was stepping into my own risks that was stepping into this role here. And as long as I was, you know, family was great. Health was great. I was in the best shape of my life. You know, money was amazing. But because I knew that I wasn't living up to my full potential, I felt like an imposter entering into a business where that's really what you are focused on doing with other people. So to answer your question, once I stepped into that, then it was like, now, now I've taken the leap. Now I've, I've, I've done the hard things that I want my clients to do. And because my clients or potential clients have seen me do those hard things, have seen me make those leaps and they can attest to like, you know, she's walking the talk. That is something that has majorly helped my business and my confidence, and especially my ability to be able to relate to a lot of my clients as well. So that, um, that number one. And number two, part of the move was about surrounding myself with growth-minded yeah. people. As I mentioned, I was in an amazing community, but in a community of okay. very like-minded people. Okay where it was like, it was comfy. It was comfortable. There wasn't a lot of like vibration or push, but over in, when I came to LA, every time I came to LA, there was this energy of everyone around you was vibrating. Everyone around you was starting to create things. Everyone around you was like wanting to build and do, and, and do better. And knowing that in order for me to get from like here to here, I needed to put myself in an environment where people were vibrating differently. So that's what I've found. That's that's beautiful. (laughs) And especially when we tap into that community where people are growing, where they're learning, where they want to do more. I think it's that energy becomes contagious because then we become so inspired to do the work, to educate ourselves, to learn. And as well in that kind of environment, there's a lot of information that is being exchanged. As, as well so that's yeah, very very powerful but individual that's in an environment with like-minded people but wants to break away but doesn't know do you have any tips for them the uh, it's a yeah you 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 have to um yeah it's it's a hard decision um there's a lot that comes with that because there is this guilt that you feel like you are leaving people behind that you love and care about and it's a matter of like, you're not leaving them behind, but you are 
trying to grow in the pe- and, and and being able to express that to the people around you that let them know that you're on this journey to grow and the people yes. who love and support you are going to be there and they're going to applaud you yeah. even if you're not spending as much time with them they're going to cheer you on the people who are not for you are going to tell you like wow you've really changed or you're not the same anymore or whatever and that's the that's the rejection that we fear from people who we've come to know and and love um so i think that you know the one thing that i would say is that when you're changing your circle and you're communicating to people yeah. what your vision is, which is hard because a lot of people don't want to say their vision out loud because now yeah. what if they fail? But communicating to the people around you what your vision is and where you're trying to go and really getting a sense of like who's on your bus and who isn't. And knowing that if people aren't on the train that's going, that your train that's going somewhere, it probably is a lot less to do with you and a lot more to do of the mirror that you are putting in front of them that makes them feel uncomfortable because they may have inner desires or inner they may and they wish that they they um they may have regrets of their own they may have like untapped potential that they know is there but they're insistent on ignoring it or maybe just like choosing their security over the change over that anxiety of uncertainty and as long as they're looking at you doing the opposite it has a tendency to make people feel very very uncomfortable so i think that understanding that it may any resistance that you get from other people probably has a lot less to do with you and your identity as a good person and has more to do with what you're reflecting back to them and how that makes wow, them feel. Wow, what you said was so, so powerful because sometimes we have this fear of letting go or fear or especially with me, I wanted to bring everyone with me and it was just insane. Mm-hmm. It was insane because sometimes I would speak and I felt like I wasn't understood or I'm pouring my yeah. energy into so many different cups and it's like, like I'm still not, they're not vibing it, they're not accepting it and as well, Sometimes when we do this, it's it's natural for sometimes for people to grow apart, and 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 it's okay. Yes. For me, it was very very hard, but it it's okay and it happens. And just like people enter, just like on a train on a bus, people come off, people come on. New people will enter your life, especially if you suffer from attachment, right? We and and we're in our comfort right. zone, and we're like, yes, we went to school, we went to university together. They've been our neighbor for fifteen years. We like, I want you to come with me, but it's just knowing that sometimes we need to surrender in the process. Lauren, how important is being a leader within your business? Oh, so important. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I would let me let me not say that because. Well, let me say it is being a leader in this business. And I'll be clarified because leadership doesn't mean yeah. overseeing people. Leading yourself is still leadership. Um, so understanding, because um, one of the things that I spend a lot of time on and what I coach a lot okay. on is leadership skills. And what um, the things that come with leadership skills are emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence in this game is so important because it is not just about empathy. It's about recognizing how you view yourself, how that shows up outside of yourself, 
how that impacts your interpersonal relationships, your ability to make decisions and your ability to manage stress. It shows it, it's all about how you not only show up in the light, but how you show up in the dark, what your triggers are. And so being tapped into um, those leadership skills is so important because you have to change the way you knowing that you need to be able to adapt your, your style of communication based on who you're speaking to. That's a leadership skill. And it especially is important when you are networking or building a new network or entering into stretching yourself outside of your comfort zone. When you're creating anything new, you're putting yourself into a, you're intentionally putting yourself into a stressful environment. So having the leadership of self to be aware of what your triggers are, what your pitfalls are, so that when they come up, you actually have a process to apply to it versus saying, oh, maybe this is just, I maybe I just don't belong here. So the leadership of self is incredibly important and the emotional intelligence is incredibly important in order to navigate the ups and downs of being a solo entrepreneur, even if you are not leading anybody, even if no one's reporting to you, because maybe in the beginning, nobody will, Right. So that self-awareness and the ability to network and grow your network and draw people in, engage people, engage and influence people becomes such an important important part of growing your business. I love the bit that you said, um, knowing about knowing how to speak, because I feel like sometimes people, depending on what environment they are, they get used to speaking the way they do and in the comfort zone, where it be the tone of voice, where it be the vocabulary, where it be. So say, for example, when I was growing up, I went to a very good university. I didn't finish the course there because I was like, this is not for me. But I went there for a year. And then what they said was I was very aggressive by the way I was Mm. communicating. And then later on, I became self-employed. This was many years after. And I, I, I didn't understand why would they say... I'm aggressive. And then later on, I found out me being self-employed and now work in healthcare. So communicating with my consultants, communicating with my surgeons, communicating with anesthetists, they're like 40, 50. So knowing that the tone of voice, a certain tone of voice, the certain words, the certain pauses, the certain, so, so many things goes into communication that we don't understand. And sometimes when we're with our friends, we just relax, tone it down. And we chill. And yeah. depending on the voc- vocabulary, it's very important as well. Big time, big time. Well, it's that golden rule, right? It's like the golden rule yeah. is treat others the way you want to be treated. But the platinum rule is treat others the way that they want to be treated. So it becomes very important to be able to read the room. And that's why when I bring on clients, whether they're you know trying to move up in their own careers or whether they're trying to launch their own businesses, I always do an emotional assessment, yeah. emotional intelligence assessment, because it is so important to be able to shine a light on maybe those blind spots where it's like, what am I doing that may be blocking me from opportunities or maybe, you know, blocking me from my money. (laughs) And if I make this small tweak in a behavior that was unconscious to me, you know, how might I be able to get more engagement from the people that I work with, get more buy-in from the people that surround me? Um, in order to become more, in order to get into more rooms and, and become more successful. That's why um, 
That's why, you know, the emotional intelligence assessments that I do with my clients, it's so important where I know a lot of coaches spend a lot of time doing things like strength finders and stuff. I think that's important too. Great to know your strengths. um, But it's, I don't know how much that helps you navigate. Um, It's, or it's, it's different when it comes to figuring out how to navigate, getting yourself into new rooms. Yeah, that is so powerful. And that is what we need when we're growing. And I think the element of coming out of our comfort zones, getting into root, a new rooms it can be very scary very daunting because and especially sometimes exactly. we feel like okay maybe i'm not very deserving maybe we go into the whole imposter syndrome and be like okay i didn't come through um affluence i did i wasn't born with the connections i wasn't born into wealth so it's just knowing mm-hmm. that slowly slowly you are very deserving and emotional intelligence and so many things go into it when it comes to um taking intentional decisions like okay I am looking at my time. I'm I'm going to make this step and I am going to be intentional about it. How important is that? Yeah, I like that you said the word intentional because um when we think about time, we you know, the we we yeah. start to think about balance and you know, where am I going to direct my time? Who am I spending time with? You know, am I am I balancing? And you know, in I don't believe that there's such a thing as balance as much as there is intentional imbalance. So it's a matter of saying that for this period, for this season, here's what I'm going to focus on. And here's what might be at risk of because I need to direct my focus elsewhere. So who do I need to communicate with? What expectations do I need to set during this season where maybe I'm intentionally imbalancing to focus on growing something else. I do have seasons in my life as a mother. There's no 50, 50 for me, right? I do have seasons where, you know, it's like I'm for the, for the, for this 12 weeks, like 12 week sprints for the 12 weeks. This is what I'm focused on. I'm focused on, um, and, and because I, I yeah. build out a strategy in advance, I know what my objectives are. So I use that in order to direct my actions. So for the next 12 weeks, for this 12 week sprint, what are my intentional actions going to be? And that might be related to my business. And sometimes depending on the season, that might be yeah. related to my family, right? So for the next 12 weeks, my kids are going to be transitioning out of school my parents are going to be coming into town or whatever the case is. This is how I'm going to intentionally take away focus from my business (laughs) to be able to focus on my family. And that way, especially in these sprints where maybe I'm more focused on my business, I'm already thinking ahead to that season to saying, how can I make sure that I have enough of a cushion to be able to intentionally shift that imbalance Somewhere that is else so powerful because when we do that, it will create that cushion and it it will create that safety. So that element, okay, I did the work in this season. Now I can relax. Now I can intentionally spend time with my husband, with my family. I'm not stressing, looking at emails when we're on vacation. Um, I'm present in the moment, which is so powerful. Exactly. Um, for the person that is not 
good at strategy. They're like, okay, I've just left my, my, my role where I was being told what to do. I was being told the objectives. Um, how, how could they kind of slowly go into strategy? Exactly. You hire me. That's one. <laughs> um, but I would uh, definitely, you know, start yeah. reading books about, I think that when people start, you know, launch their own business, they do deep dive yeah. into personal development. I think that's great. Um, but before I even launched my business, I set a goal for myself that I was going to read 20 business okay. books for the year. And those books were about strategy. They were about negotiating. They were yeah. about all of the foundations yeah. that I needed. Um, not, I didn't even know that I was okay. going to launch my own wow. business. This was something that I was just like, yeah. I need to, this is what I need to focus on. Um, it, it helped me, but it did help me gain the confidence to know yeah. that I have the tools to launch my business. So where you are, I do believe in where you are not strong. Yeah. You can either spend the time figuring yeah. it out um, by reading books, or you can shortcut by bringing in someone who does have that experience, um, who can help guide that you. That is and show powerful, you the yeah. Way. So, so powerful. But sometimes if we can afford it, it's definitely easier to get the right help because we can spend so much time researching, exactly. implementing something. And at the end of it is trial and error because we're not, we don't know if it's going to work anyways or if it best suits us. Um, what Because seeing as you're a mother, a wife, um, a business owner, what healthy habits do you maintain in order to avoid burnout? I work out um, six days a week and I'm constantly tweaking my, yeah. even my healthy habits have seasons, right? Um, so in Toronto, we used to have like in this, in um, early summer, it would okay. be like patio season. So you're all the workout routines and everything you were doing because you were hibernating in the winter, like that all goes to the wayside and uh, you're just happy to be out in the sun. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that intentional imbalance. Um, but now um, I do try to focus on working out regularly five to six days a week. Um, I am trying now I'll be transparent with you because I did go through a season yeah. where I really let things go. Um, that I really let things go uh, to the wayside. Um, but, you know, reducing my alcohol intake is major especially at my age, like I'm coming up on 40, like two glasses of red wine and I'm okay. not sleeping. <laughs> like I'm not sleeping properly. My body overheats. My body's reacting a bit differently. So being more mindful of that, because the two things yeah. that I'm really trying to prioritize are, um, are exercise. No, there's three exercise, okay. water, sleep. Those are the things that I'm really trying to prioritize. And if I'm focused on those things, on those habits, um, then everything kind of just falls into place. I'm not like hyper vigilant on my diet. Sometimes I'm really just focusing on what am I, what can I do yeah. to make sure that I have the best sleep possible? And sometimes that also means, um, um, you know, the, yeah. the working out helps and the drinking water helps and the reducing alcohol intake helps. The other thing that I do is I try to, um, I do try to start my morning with a gratitude meditation. That time when my alarm clock goes off at five in the morning, I used to reach across to my table, my side table. And because I'm in Los Angeles, I'm usually behind everyone else. 
And I would start to look at all my notifications that have come in for the morning. And that would send me on a bit of a spiral because if I wasn't seeing positivity business moving, like if I, yeah, if I wasn't seeing new inquiries come in, if I wasn't seeing money come in, like immediately I would start my day in a deficit mindset. Like, oh man, like you didn't do anything this morning or things aren't, things aren't moving for you. And immediately I start my, my day in a deficit mindset. And it was such a big shift, such a huge shift to, you know, start my day, pull up a 10 minute free gratitude meditation on like YouTube and just lie in bed and listen to that on my AirPods and then go look at my notifications. It changed it, it, it really has a, had a big impact on my mood and my resilience in my business. That's so powerful. With it comes self-awareness because you knew like now two glasses. So say, for example, with me, I have a very, I know, even from looking at my family, we have a very addictive tendency. So yeah. so say, for example, if, if I have a shift and it's been very stressful and it's been from 8 a.m. to 1 a.m., I remember like speaking to a colleague and he's like, oh, I was like, I need to just get this out of me. I'm going to go gym. He's like, no, just have a glass of wine. And I said, if I have a glass of wine, then one glass of wine won't be enough. Then it's going to be two glass. Then before I know, it's going to be half a bottle. And then when it becomes <laughs> super stressful, that's not going to be half a glass it's going oh to be God. a full bottle so I'm like there's no way I can do certain things other people do like it just how important is self-awareness so important because of that because you know it's it's interesting because um I just had this conversation with my son actually where my son got his report card and it's a good report card and I asked him I said what do you think of your report card I didn't give him any reaction I'm just like what do you think and he's like you know what um I it's good, but I think that it could be better. And I was like, well, what do you think is, what do you think is attributing to, you know, knowing you could do better? And he was like, I just noticed sometimes I'm not focused in school. Like I'm, I'm drifting off. And I was like, oh, what do you think the impact of that is? He's like, I don't, I don't sleep very well. I don't sleep very well. So he's like, you know what? I think that I'm spending too long on my screen. Yeah. And so I, you know, from, at 7.30, like, I need to cut that off and, yeah. you know, listen to an audiobook or whatever the case is. And so we're having that discussion. And I was trying to explain to him that it's like, what he's doing is something that even as adults, we have to continuously do. We always have to be looking at what are our objectives and what are our habits and how are we potentially holding ourselves back? So that self-awareness it is the first step to accountability, right? Um, and it's it's uncomfortable and it makes you make, the, do I like at five o'clock the fact that I'm reaching for water instead of wine? No, I don't like it. I want to take the edge off. But I know that, you know, that self-awareness and how it impacts what my bigger goal is, again, the vision that's bigger than me, like, it's not worth the sacrifice. Not to say that I've quit alcohol altogether, but it's a matter of like, you know, doing things in moderation, having that having that self-awareness to know what works for you, what doesn't work for yeah. you, and being honest with yourself about what's more important. A hundred percent, yeah. And I love the way that you said we have to continue to do it because we are creatures of habit. So we need to always maintain ourselves. And sometimes it's looking at the environment. Where are you going? Like if if 
and the peer pressure because sometimes we go into an environment and we are being egged on oh hey do this do this so it's just knowing um lauren what is your favorite book oh okay uh i think my favorite book i'm trying to think right now um fiction or nonfiction? my favorite both yeah my favorite nonfiction book has got to be um uh oh my gosh i'm um Black Matter, Dark Matter, Dark okay. Matter, can't remember the author, um, but it was all about like this uh, scientist's ability to visit different versions of himself in parallel universes. And I always thought that that was, it, it, that was such a cool book because it really does cause you to reflect, you know, on, you know, if there, if it is true that at different decisions in my life, there's a different version of me yeah. that took a different path, yeah. you know, what is that other version that I'd be curious about? Um, and that was part of, you know, what led me to also remember that I wanted to move to LA because there was a previous like 20 some odd year old version who had an opportunity and didn't take it. And I get curious. I'm like, I would get curious after reading that book. I'm like, what would her life be like right now? Not to say that I would trade it. I would just be curious about it. Um, and then, uh, let me see my so many to choose from i think my current favorite book is the courage to be disliked that is probably um one of my favorite my most favorite recent books is the courage to be disliked and the gap in the game um those two books uh i would put at the top of my list both of them um have really helped me to gain new insights into myself um especially the gap in the game one uh, because it's all about, you know, why, if, if we build goals, because we believe that reaching our goals will make us happy, why are so many successful people unhappy? (laughs) Right. Um, and then the courage to be disliked is so powerful just to be so bold to come out and say like the negative thing in the title, you know, like if you going back to this conversation around, you know, changing your circle, a lot of that is the courage to be disliked. Like you might not like me as a result of this change I'm going to make for myself, but I have the courage to be disliked. And if I choose that courage, it opens up so many doors and possibilities. You know, I have the courage to be rejected. I have the courage to be disliked. I have the courage to fail miserably. I have the courage to learn, right? All of those things come into play when reading that book. So it was it was eye-opening for me. That is so powerful. And what is your favorite book or favorite article, favorite podcast on strategy? On strategy? Um, okay, my favorite, I would say my favorite book on strategy might have to be um, uh, Start With Why. Oh, powerful. I love that. Start With Why. Um, podcasts? You know, it's, it's actually funny you say, I haven't been taking, um, the real boss talk. Okay. Boss talk is probably my favorite podcast and it's not necessarily to do with strategy, but I think it just has a lot to do with the ups and downs in entrepreneurship. Um, I don't, I I can't even sit here and think that it like, I don't even think there's a strategy podcast. No girl. No. (laughs) Can you imagine? It's like, where would we go after 10 episodes? Yeah, I read a lot. So I get a lot of I don't get a lot of um, I because I read a lot. I if I go to podcasts, it tends to sometimes be for like, 
just entertainment, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but entertainment and relatability. So um, Boss Talk has been a podcast that I've been leaning on quite a bit just to like validate my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, okay, it's not just me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> 100%. And if you had a billboard on the side of the highway, what would it say? Oh my gosh, these are great questions. Thank you. Um, Thank you. What would it say? <laughs> It would say, it's an, I, this is what's coming to mind, but it, it's my, it's probably my favorite quote and it's, I've already walked away too much. Um, and you're going to not like where that quote comes from, but it comes from that Seth Rogen movie, This is the End. And it came from like Danny McBride. And it's a word that I, it's a term that I use a lot yeah. where it's like, there's no going back, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I've already walked away too much. Um, so I think that, that's it. you know, if you gave me 30 more minutes, I'd come up with a better one. But right now, that's what's coming to mind. There's so much thought that goes into it because when we make, say, for example, where it be transition, where it be career change, where it be starting a family, it's like you have already made the steps in growth, yeah. in learning, in networking, in educating ourselves and emotionally investing ourselves and our thoughts, our mindset to like, then it's like, if I change back, it's like, what happens to all the effort, all the energy we yeah. put into this, regardless of the outcome, at least we've come to this the only way to do it is to actually go through it and stick to our why and our, and our intention so a hundred percent I love that um <laughs> out of all the courses you have taken which one would you recommend the courses um well definitely my coaching certification course um was probably one of the ones that I think has been the most impactful not just from a career perspective yeah. because aside from whether or not I used it to become a coach yeah. what I have learned as a result of coach training yeah I have become a better mother I have become a better wife wow. I have become a better daughter I become a better friend because what coach training does is it trains you to do something that our brain is not designed to do, which is to really just listen and not tell and to approach situations with curiosity yeah. before judgment. And that is something that we as humans are not hardwired to do. No. So because of that training and I have forced that yeah. neural path to strengthen when I talk, when I speak to my husband, I can I can hear him, you know what I mean? And we communicate, yeah, but not, yeah, only, yeah. not only am I communicating better, but because of how he sees me communicating, yeah. he's changed his way of communicating yeah. with me. So before when I used to like say something to him, I used to be like, oh, this is going on. He'd be like, well, why aren't you doing this? Or you should yeah, do this. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, just jumping in to fix my problem immediately before I finish the sentence. Now he slows himself down yeah. and says, well, you know, what do you think you should do about that? And that empowerment that I can now transition to my kids yeah. who are learning about accountability exactly at this age now. Um, so I would say that regardless of what it is that you want to do, any type of coach training just overall makes you a better human. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because there's going to be information and knowledge that we don't know, that we are not, we are not. Um, what's the words? We are not taking action on because of the yeah. way our mind is built and the way we are wired as well. Um, yeah. 
knowing where you are now, knowing when you were in your corporate, when you were scaling the ladder, what advice would you give to yourself looking back now? Uh, the advice I would give to myself looking back now, um, let's just see, it would be trust in trust in that investment. You know, we are, I think that we all find it so difficult to invest in ourselves because it's not something that we are used to doing. There are so many of us who wouldn't bat an eyelash at buying something for someone else or investing money in someone else's goal or in someone else's dream. Um, but having the courage to in, you know, be, be okay with investing in yourself because it will, you will get return on investment. And someone said to me the other, I actually heard it in a, in a different podcast the other day. It's like, even if you don't make it back in monetary value, you will make it back in lessons and lessons has two S's in it. And when you think about three S's in it and each of those S's is a dollar sign. So what you, the, the return on investment in, in lessons, yeah. which equals $3 signs. So even if you're not seeing it right away, those lessons are going to pay off in the future. Yeah. So being good with investing in yourself is a tough thing to do, but it will pay off in lessons and money. <laughs> that is so powerful. And with those three S's come, come, the time and the energy and the thought. So sometimes when we think it's a good business decision, now because we have that lesson, we may we may not go to that. And the network and the information and the thoughts and wherever that takes us to. Um, Lauren, tell us about your services. Yeah, so um, I do uh, I do a lot of one on one coaching, um, specifically as you mentioned in the intro for entrepreneurs, for people who are um, either changing careers or trying to grow in their careers. Um, I'm you know certified in um, emotional intelligence, uh, leadership, a um, project management, leadership uh, facilitation, and also in um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, strategic diversity, equity, inclusion as well. My services are really about taking all the things that I know from an execution perspective. So I used to lead a team of project managers. I'm a certified project manager. I'm a corporate strategist. I'm a director of business operations. So being able to take that world of structure, of deadlines, of execution, and being able to marry it with the coaching business, which is focused on beliefs. Um, So my work is really about building that self-awareness, uncovering, changing certain beliefs so that we can build a structure that you're actually going to execute. Um, A lot of times when people come in with me because I'm branded as a business coach, they, they view me as like my services, more of a business consultant. Like I'm just going to tell them like, okay, here's your business goal. Here's what the plan is going to be. Here are the deadlines. You know, did you do your homework? Did you do the thing? And it's not about that. It's, it's really about why are we going to spend time building a plan that you could probably just Google? You can get steps from Googling, right? Mm -hmm. You can get next up from Googling. How do we focus on that self-awareness in order to generate a plan that you're actually going to execute, that is strategic, that is connected to a vision, that is connected to resilience, that is connected to purpose, um, so that we arm you with the tools before we get into the hardcore structure so that you actually see it through. 
So that's a, what a lot of my work is based on. Um, so one-on-one coaching. Um, I also have an online program that a six-week program uh, for people who are looking to like figure out they're not may not be ready for like full-on coaching, but they're just in a, in this place where they're like, I don't like what I'm doing right now, but okay. I don't know what's next for me. I want to do a career that's authentic and fulfilling, yeah. but I don't know what that is. I have a six-week program that takes you from that confusion to like executable steps and confidence in taking on new opportunities. Um, And I think that that is, other than that, um, I'm always on, um, you know, I'm always on Instagram, um, you know, providing live content there, um, trying to give people a bit of the coaching experience. And then my website also offers a lot of free resources as well. I love it. How long, how long is the um, coaching? Does it depend on the individual and where they're at in their life? Um, my packages are anywhere from three to six months. Um, but, uh, I usually recommend like, you know, coach, that's what a big difference between coaching and therapy is therapy. You can be in therapy for years for years. Yeah. Yeah. Coaching is a period of time. It's really designed to like help you build the objective, execute the objective, gain that confidence, gain that momentum, and then like, just keep going. Right. Um, so, uh, six months is usually what I recommend for a coaching engagement, but a lot of people, uh, to your point, everyone is on a bit of a different journey, okay. right? Yeah. So hundred percent. I love it. Would you ever write a book? Maybe one day, maybe one day, <laughs> maybe one day when I'm ready to shift. I, I think that I really, um, especially because I'm early in my business, it's more about mastering what I have Yeah, and then continuing to expand. So um, definitely a book is in that bigger vision that I have for myself. I just haven't plotted like what year that'll come. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Everything will come in in due time. Um, Any tips for good skin? You have excellent skin, girl. Thank you. And I'm the wrong person to ask. Um, because, um, I, I, I just have the kind of skin where the less I do to it, the okay. better it is. So really and truly, if I, I can get by on just doing a makeup wipe okay. at the end of the yeah, night, yeah, yeah. um, anything more that I do to my skin, the more products I put yeah. on it, the more routine I give it, it breaks out. It hates me. So it's, um, yeah, maybe that's my skincare routine. Just barely washing my face. (laughs) It's, it's, it it goes to show. That's why they say less is more because I have, I tend to have oily skin and it's like, no, we're not having, having that today. So it's just knowing where, where we stand. And as well, also you exercise well, you drink a lot of water, you sleep a lot. So it just goes to show the habits that we do create do show, will show, will project onto the outer world, will project as a mirror to the people around us as well. Lauren, yeah. I just wanted to say a great big massive thank you for thank you for being part of Gentle Touch and for just being so honest and real because sometimes, like you say, we romanticize, we just look at the movies and we're like, yes, we're going to build our business and we're going to wear the suits and we're going to have everything. But of course we can have everything, but to get to that stage, there is so much work that we need to do. And sometimes most of the work comes from within ourselves, limiting beliefs, the thought patterns. So it's just knowing that there is the help out there and even just reading the book to begin with. And like you say, even just taking a course to begin with, the six week course you have produced and as well, if you're not ready, then do that and then go on to coaching and just knowing that there is help out there. So thank you so much, Lauren. 
You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. You're very welcome. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.